The Confluence Story Gathering Podcast is a production of Confluence, a community-supported nonprofit that connects people to the history, living cultures, and ecology of the Columbia River system. Find us at confluenceproject.org. I know I'm from this place. I know that what other folks call wild, I call home. Because nothing in our homelands is wild to us. It's not unknown. It's the gift that we were given when we were placed here. Welcome to the Confluence Story Gathering podcast, Indigenous Voices of the Columbia River System. I'm Colin Fogarty, Executive Director of Confluence. Everyone has a story to tell about where they came from and how they got here. What if your origin story went back 25 or even 30,000 years? And what if acknowledgement of that fact was virtually absent from the history lessons you and everyone around you learned? That's a little of what you'll hear about in this podcast. Story gathering has two meanings. We gather together and we gather stories. In this case, stories from an indigenous perspective. In this episode, we'll hear from three Native thinkers and leaders who spoke at a Confluence Story Gathering in Hood River, Oregon, as part of the gorge-owned Sense of Place lecture series. Now, Hood River is about 35 miles down the Columbia River from Celilo Falls. The falls were one of the greatest fisheries in North America, and a spiritual and cultural stronghold for Native people, until the falls were flooded by the Dalles Dam in 1957. Our first speaker is Warm Springs artist Roberta Kirk, who also works in her tribe's cultural resources department. Roberta talked about just how important the Columbia River is to Native people across the Northwest. We all come from the Columbia River in Shiwana, and um, it's, it's always good to be back here on the river, no matter what we're doing. Sometimes we come out to to um, dig the early celery, uh, winter celery, latit latit, and it only grows in certain spots. And so, we come out here to our to our um, secret spots and find it <laughs> way over there. But um, um, yeah, and you know, I I do uh, ethnography work with our tribe, and I I do a lot of um, um, oral history interviews with our elders and um, everybody always talks about the Columbia River and how we came here and and um, I mean how we how we came from here and you know the the, the Wasco people we used to have um, um, burial islands in the middle of the the river and and the Wasco and, and Wishkam people and and uh, there were burial islands all the way up the, the river and all the way down to the coast. But the ones that we um, we used a lot were the, the Memelous Islands, or they, they were called the Memelous Islands. And so um, our people were not only just, just um, buried on those islands, but you'll find our people on buried on, on both sides of the river because our people lived on both sides of the river and we never really, we never thought of ourselves as being from Oregon or being from Washington, or you know, we were just came from the river, and you, maybe we were on that side or this side or uh, whatever. But we we're all one people and all all related, and so the the river really brings us all together, and we share the same languages, 
and we all share the same same longhouses and um, and uh, songs and and the way of worship. We might do it a little bit different from each other, but it's all basically the same. And so um, the river means a lot to us, and not only just for our, our salmon and our our fish and and. Um, and I too like used to like to to fish along the river, um, but I I won't go into that either. But you know the river is is in our hearts, and it's always good to to be back and and um, um, see the river. And I always imagine what it used to be like before the dams came came along. And it's it's hard to. We were just out here the other day. Um, doing some cultural survey work, uh, cultural resource work al along uh, one of the um, islands closer to the Dalles, and um, and it's hard to imagine for me um, um, what it was like. I, I, I would really like to have seen it how how everything used to look before the dams flooded everything over, but it um, also. Uh, because of the dams um, flooding everything, you know, the um, a lot of our rock art was lost, and but some of it was saved, and some of it is at different places here, um, on the Oregon side and the Washington side, um, are in some. I don't know if you've all been to Horse Thief of uh, Columbia State Park. A lot of the petroglyphs are over there, and. And um, we we um, played a part in putting them over there, and along with um, the the four treaty tribes. So that was pretty neat. That was Warm Springs artist Roberta Kirk speaking at a Confluence story gathering in Hood River, Oregon. Next, Chuck Sams, the communications director for the Confederated Tribes of the Umatilla Indian Reservation, tells the audience about the spiritual connections he and his family feel about the river. If I'm to believe Western science, which I don't always do, <laughs> I've been enough. here for around 25 to 30,000 years. Makes me around a 1500th generation Oregonian, if you will. <laughs> I just laugh because my friends who are fourth generation farmers really think they impress me. <laughs> but if I was to believe Western science, you know, that would put me at that point. But, you know, the late Vine Deloria had pointed out that it's a theory unproven. One thing all humans do is make trash. You did it this evening if you had a drink, if you're holding a program, and we make trash and we litter everywhere. So where are the mittens? Where are our trash heaps that would show us that we came across this big ice bridge? We haven't found them. Nobody's found them. I'll grant you that it might be along the coastline somewhere because the oceans were about 200 feet lower uh, during the ice age, so that's a possibility. But still, I have yet to find an anthropologist or archeologist that can find the trail that comes out of Siberia directly into North America. Therefore, I lend more credence to my creation story that told me that I come from this place. Mm -hmm. I lend that know that in the beginning, you must have water, for water is life. That is the first part that made us human. It's why we are 75% water as a being. But I know that when Creator created us, He created that out of water. I know that when Creator created us, that He asked for the gifts from all the animals and the creatures on the earth. I know that my veins come from the roots in the ground system to carry the nutrients throughout my body. I know that my skin comes from the hide of elk to help protect my body. I know my eyesight comes from eagle. I know my hearing comes from owl. 
I know I'm from this place. I know that what other folks call wild, I call home. Because nothing in our homelands is wild to us. It's not unknown. It's the gift that we were given when we were placed here. But even with a greater responsibility of to be the stewards of those resources, to be the stewards of those things that cannot speak. The greatest gift we received was the salmon. Salmon gave two things to the thing called human. One, he gave of his body completely so that we would have some food and nourish ourselves. And that's why we fished at Salilo, to honor the return of salmon to sustain us as human beings. And two, he gave up of his voice completely. It's the only animal in North America I know that has no voice, makes no sound. And that's because he freely gave us the Chinook jargon, the common language that I, we can speak among the Yakima, the Wasco, the Umatillo, the Walla Walla, the Cayuse. And so when I think of what the river means, it means home. It's a place of safeness, it's a place of remembrance, and it's a place of reverence because we know that the water must once again be free in order for it to complete its life cycle. That was Umatilla Communications Director Chuck Sams. Our final speaker from our Confluence Story Gathering in Hood River, Oregon, comes from Yakima Nation educator Patricia Whitefoot. She urged those who attended to take part in the ongoing efforts to share the story of Native peoples in the Northwest. As Native people, we just have not necessarily been acknowledged. And you're all here because you may not have known about Native people and the history of who we are and how we relate to the river as well. And uh, I know in the state of Oregon, you just recently passed legislation uh, to be teaching history, Indian history in the schools. Similarly, the same thing happened in Washington state as well. It took legislation to do that. And yet, uh, you know, we have this whole history of tribal people being here on this whole river system and being a part of this ecosystem for, you know, since time began for us. And, and I think just because of, you know, some of the issues that tribal people have gone through, um, you know, you heard earlier about trying to get rid of Native people here on this land, but we're still here. You know, we're still here as a people. And, mm -hmm. You know, we're, we still certainly face challenges today, but I think that as a people that we've come together and, and are united in where we want to go into the future, you know, to help, uh, you know, build strong nations and also to help with our own children, our grandchildren, to help set them on the path as well so that they know who they are as uh, Yakima tribal citizens or Warm Springs, Umatilla, whatever, what have you, and how we are all interrelated with one another as well, but also how we are all a part of this world. We're all part of this world and we all have to be able to work together with one another to you know, address some of these issues that we're facing today in society, such as climate change. There are major issues that are facing our country today and so, um, I think that from the history of our people, we have a lot to learn and, and ways that we can work together to, to save this world. Um, as Native people, we have stories about you know, what happens uh, in our world. Um, and through the language and songs and ceremonies, we learn about those, but those aren't necessarily some things that are, you know, that mainstream America understands and it, it really takes just listening to one another and learning about where we all come from and our role in terms of our relationship with land, 
our relationship with all living things, the species, everything around us. And so just examining ourselves and how we relate as well, you know, to, to Mother Earth and what and that which is provided to us as, as human beings. And so there's a lot to be done, uh, particularly with our children and our grandchildren. If we were to, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, our children that are bouncing back, but we still have to continue helping them develop as young adults as well mm -hmm. and help them to be able to make that transition into adulthood and carry on. And so these kind of forms are important, but there's a need for more forms as well, just in, in our tribal communities too. This kind of dialogue needs to go on as well in tribal communities. And because you're here, you're going to help to share that story as well, a part of who we are. You're going to sh help to share that history and how we identify with this place. And we all need to, like I said, be working together collaboratively. That was Yakima Nation educator Patricia Whitefoot speaking at a Confluence Story Gathering in Hood River. A special thanks to our host for the Hood River Confluence Story Gathering, the Sense of Place Lecture Series by a great organization in the Columbia Gorge called Gorge Owned. To find out more about Confluence and the five completed sites along the Columbia River system, check out our website, confluenceproject.org. And remember, Confluence is a community-supported nonprofit. We can only do this work because of the generous support from the Friends of Confluence. That's you. Join us today at confluenceproject.org. Thanks for listening to the Confluence Story Gathering Podcast. <laughs>